episode of Sports Tings with myself, Brandon Beasley. I just want to give a big shout out to Off The Ball Network. This podcast is brought to you by Off The Ball Network. And before we get into the main part of this, I want to give a big shout out to BetUs. Um, the show is sponsored by BetUs. BetUs is the newest sponsor of Off The Ball Network, and they have the fastest payout in the industry. They offer a 125% payout upon sign-up when you use the promo code OFFTHEBALL in all caps. That's OFFTHEBALL, O-F-F-T-H-E-B-A-L-L in all caps at sign-up. Head over to BetUs.com, that's B-E-T-U-S.com to sign up today. Shout out to Betus. Alright, so I'm recording this directly after game four, or game five, of the Suns and Pelicans series. Whew, what? Those two teams are some dogs. We're going to start there. Um, I was watching the game, and I could not help but notice, first off, the the young guys of the Pelicans are so mature that it is it is crazy. Jose Alvarado, he is a animal on the defensive end. He was giving Chris Paul fits. Chris Paul is a he's thirty seven. He's like a seventeen year vet, one the best of the best. They literally call him the they call him the point guard for a reason, right? Jose Alvarado was giving him fits at times. He got an eight second call. Had him turn the ball over, even got him a tech. Jose Alvarado is a dog. That man, a rookie, an undrafted rookie, is giving Chris Paul that kind of problems. That will that right there will give you a long career in the NBA. Just being able to play that kind of defense against the best of the best in the position will you'll always you'll have a spot on any team. Um another thing for so, for the Suns, I have to say that they played a lot better than they did in Game 4. Game 4, I didn't see a lot of, but from what I understand, they the Suns kind of struggled for, in every aspect. Um, I think Chris Paul only had like 8 points, I do believe. Um, let me just check. Oh, 4 points, sorry, shot 2 for 8. In 34 minutes, I mean, that's crazy. But in this game, he played a lot better. Now, there was a stretch where he, I think it was from like midway through the second quarter until the fourth, he did not score. That is a little bit of alarming, but the Suns role players in this game are the reason they won. Mikel Bridges was phenomenal. He had how many blocks? Four or five blocks. I'm just gonna make sure. Four blocks. This was Mikel Mikel Bridges' stat line for this game: 31 points, five rebounds, two assists on 12 to 17 shooting, shooting four for four from three. Had a steal and four blocks. Only one foul. He had four blocks with one foul. That. That is mastery on the defensive end right there. There's a reason he was runner-up for um, Defensive Player of the Year this year. Mikel Bridges, hats off to you, my friend. That That is fantastic, especially for him being that young. That that is, that is special. DeAndre Ayton also had himself a pretty good game. Let me just check his stats. 19 points, 9 rebounds, shot 8 for 13. Every, I have to say, every time I watch that man, DeAndre Ayton, he reminds me more and more of Hakeem Olajuwon. Come at me if you want. I know we're not, we don't, people don't like to compare and all that good stuff, but
but every single game I watch him, he reminds me so much of Hakeem Olajuwon. He doesn't have the dream shape like Olajuwon, but just, I don't know. It, there's shades there, I promise you. Um, like I said at the beginning, the young guys for the Pelicans, though, they, they are so impressive. Even though the Pelicans lost this game, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, I think his name is, they, they always impress me. Someone else that impresses me from the Pelicans is Brandon Ingram, my boy, Duke guy, Duke for life. That man was fighting. I saw multiple times where he was going to the rim, getting met by two people, almost finishing, getting fouled. There was one play where he went up, almost dunked on a guy, got met by DeAndre Ayton, fell to the floor, landed on his back. Now, no shade to Ben Simmons here, but uh, I don't think Ben Simmons gets up from that. I think Ben Simmons lays on the ground, cries like a little baby, and he's done for the game. Brandon Ingram is a dog. That man does not give up. He wants to win at any cost. I, he hit his back on the ground, which never feels good. I think he messed up his elbow as well and his pinky and never came out of the game for any of it. Like, that's true passion and true desire to win. Now, they lost, so does it really mean anything? Eh, but it does. We all know that it does. It means something to the coach, his teammates, anybody watching, the fans of the Pelicans. The fans of the Pelicans have to be so happy with where they're at right now. They're, uh, I think I heard something during the game. The Pelicans lost 28 more games. Or, yeah, lost 28 more games than Phoenix. I do believe. And that's like the biggest, that's a big difference. 28 games, like, oof. The fact that the Pelicans are putting up this big of a fight is, I think, surprising to everyone. I think it's even surpri surprising to Pelicans fans. I don't think Pelicans fans expected their squad to win a single game. Because I know I didn't. Whenever I originally saw... That the Pelicans won. The fact that the Pelicans made the playoffs through the play-in is impressive. But I knew that they were going to get matched up with Phoenix. And I can honestly say that I thought it was going to be a sweep. I thought Phoenix was going to mop the floor with the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, the fact that Phoenix does not have Devin Booker could be a part in why Phoenix is struggling a little bit. But... I'm going to contribute it to the fact that the Pelicans just have fight in them. They are dogs. There is not a single player on that team who does not give their all 120% of the time. I've been preaching this for so long, and I will continue to say it. An unsung hero of that New Orleans Pelicans team is Eunice Valanciunas. His stats today, he had a double-double by like the second quarter, I think. Eunice Valanciunas played 31 minutes, had 17 points, 14 rebounds, shot 7 for 11. Like, that is, those are good numbers. Eunice Valanciunas has been slept on his entire career, and we need to put some respect on that man's name. Without Eunice Valanciunas eating the boards, I think that the Pelicans might not have a single one game, honestly. Um... I know I just said that Herb Jones played good, but looking here, him shooting one for five. He had two steals and two blocks, which is very good. Jackson Hayes coming off of, um, was that this game, the last game? I can't remember. But coming back from him basically shoulder checking the one guy. I just feel like that threw him off completely. This says he only played 15 minutes. That's kind of crazy. I've said this before, CJ McCollum being on that Pelicans team has done wonders for everyone on that team. Him and Brandon Ingram are a great pair. They know how to find each other. They know when to just feed, who to feed, when to feed them. And I think they play very well off each other. And if New Orleans can keep this group together, and if Zion will ever decide that he can play, 
I don't know. Little tangent here. I don't know if it's Zion or the Pelicans that are keeping him out of the game. But if it's the team, they are literally hurting themselves. Like, if Zion Williamson can do 360 dunks, he can give you 15, 20 minutes a game. He can't. There's no reason why Zion Williamson should not be playing right now. I think if Zion Williamson plays in this series, one, he contributes mightily. Two, I think that New Orleans actually could be winning in the series right now. Zion Williamson is so dynamic, and I don't think anybody in the league can stop him, especially with the fact that there's not a lot of film. I know he played like 20, 25 games last season, and in, but in those 20 to 25 games, however much he played last year, he was shooting like some crate, like 70% from the field, averaging like 25 and 10. That is crazy. I don't. I think those are like the best numbers by a rookie at that time last season in a very long time. Like, I just can't help but wonder. Was like put Zion Williamson in Jackson Hayes' spot. Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes started at the four today, playing 15 minutes. Jackson Hayes had like eight points. I don't think like he wasn't a big contributor. He just wasn't, especially in today's game. Jackson Hayes played 15 minutes, had 8 points and 3 rebounds. I think in those 15 minutes, Zion Williamson gets between 15 and 20 points, honestly. I honestly think this. And he grabs 6 to 10 rebounds. Zion Williamson in 20 minutes, I believe, would get a double-double in this game. I really do. I really do. Now, from what I'm looking at, the Pelicans struggled shooting the ball today. Like... 7 for 11 is not bad. 1 for 5, not good. 3 for 6 from Jackson Hayes. I mean, it's Jackson Hayes. 7 for 22 from CJ McCollum. That's quick math. That's less than 33%. Mm, Not good. Not winning. Not winning basketball. Brandon Ingram shot 7 for 19. I mean, that's not much better. But Jose Alvarado had 12 points, shooting 3 for 8. Then there's a two for two from Larry Nance. Trey Murphy didn't shoot a single shot from the field. Not good. Devontae Graham 0 for 3. What is this? Um, Najee Marshall 2 for 4. So their main scores shooting 14 for 41. Shooting 14 for 41, that's not, that can't happen. Your two best scorers combined for 43 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's a stat for, that's a really good game for like a Devin Booker. Or a LeBron if he was in the playoffs. God, these playoffs miss my boy LeBron. But, yeah, so, and for Phoenix, once again, the fact that Mikel Bridges Mikel Bridges played 46 minutes. That means he was only not in the game for two minutes. And to be able to score 31 points, shooting 12 for 17, this man is, he's getting, he's getting, oh, he's getting better and better with every game he plays, I think. Cameron Payne has been in a shooting slump. He did shoot four for 10, but in the last couple games, he was scoring like two points, four points. I think there was a game where he maybe only had one point, so... Even though he only shot 4 for 10, I think the fact that he had 12 points kind of helped him out. The bigs from Phoenix kind of dominated today. Now, it's not going to show in the numbers, but JaVale McGee had a presence in this game. And I think it was game 3 or game 4. He had a presence. Um, Bismack Biombo. I saw he was just in there eating space. Like, even he doesn't usually play that much. I don't think he's really played hardly at all, actually. But the fact that you could go get even seven good minutes from Bismack Biombo, I think, is huge. Now, they are going back to New Orleans, I think, for the next game. And it's a it's winner go home for New Orleans. I think in there, I, I truly believe that this series could go seven. I think it could. If 
New Orleans goes home, feeds off that home crowd. B.I. has a good shooting game. C.J. McCollum has a good shooting game. If Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado play the defense that they have continued to play, Eunice Valanciunas does his thing, and Trey Murphy can knock down some threes, I think that there's a good chance that um, that they could drive this to seven games. Now, I don't know. It, it, I don't think Devin Booker will be playing in the next game. If he does, then it might it may be the end of the New Orleans Pelicans. But if he doesn't, then I think that there's a big, a really good shot for them to push this to seven. Now, Phoenix, they need to go and and dominate the paint. They need to. If Phoenix goes to New Orleans and dominates the paint and can play even decent defense, I think New New Orleans is a team where I believe that if you put some pressure on them, that they could possibly beat themselves. I just think they could. They have a lot of young guys. As good as those young guys have been playing, they've never played in a high-pressure situation like this. Your back, your back is against the wall. You are in a win-or-go-home game in the NBA playoffs. The young guys, just they haven't experienced it. So I think with the experience that Phoenix has going to the finals last year, they know what they need to do. And they have Chris Paul. And even though Devin Booker's not playing, Devin Booker has tons of experience. I think that they're going to rally. And if they dominate the paint and the boards, if you can keep Eunice Valanciunas off the boards, if Phoenix can, then... I think that there's a chance that they could blow him out. If I was Phoenix, I if I was Monty Williams in tomorrow's practice or whatever they're going to have tomorrow, I would be saying anytime the ball goes up, I want two bodies on Eunice Valanciunas. Two. At all times. I don't care if it's DeAndre Ayton boxing him out. I don't care if it's JaVale McGee boxing him out. Somebody else needs to make sure that he does not get the rebound. That just needs to happen. I'm sorry. It does. Because keeping Eunice Valanciunas off the boards is, for me, would be almost priority number one. Now, on the flip side, you also have to protect the paint, which DeAndre Ayton is no kind of rim protector. But I think as a collective, Phoenix could do a very good job of, of defending the paint. They just have they just have to, in my opinion. So that's what I have for that game. Um, we're gonna jump. We're gonna do a quick thing on Atlanta Miami. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. Um, Jimmy Butler what, did not play. I think he had a hamstring. Let me check just to make sure. Um, sorry. Where is it? Uh, doesn't matter. I know he didn't play. And so, for Victor Oladipo started in his spot, which was a big surprise to me. I honestly thought that they were just going to move Tyler Hero up. But starting for Jimmy Butler, for Victor Oladipo to have 23 points is huge. Victor Oladipo, I don't know. If you remember, but Victor Oladipo was like a number three pick in the draft whenever he got drafted. And his first couple years in Orlando, that man was a beast. He was a straight savage. 360 Duncan in the game. Nice little step back threes. Now, he did get hurt and he's a little, I don't think he's that old. But the fact that Victor Oladipo could step up and score like that for them was huge. Um, Bayam Adebayo had 20 and 11, shooting 7 for 11. That's really nice. P.J. Tucker, he's a defensive guy, so it doesn't really matter. Max Strauss, is that his name, Max? Yeah. 15 points, shooting 6 for 12. Not bad. Tyler Hero had 16 off the bench. This boy, Tyler Hero, man. Oh, my goodness. Tyler Hero is just a savage. He does not care about anything. Tyler Hero... He's, all, he's not scared. Tyler Hero will step into any situation and come up in it. I've yet to see a situation where Tyler Hero has been put under pressure and he has ran from that pressure. Tyler Hero, 
he's going to be a all-star in this league for years to come, I believe. He may... If I was Miami, I think I would start him eventually. I don't know why... I honestly don't know why they haven't. Maybe Tyreo feels more comfortable coming off the bench. And if he does, then... I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He could be the best six-man ever. He could be Monty Ginobili. He could be um, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Jamal Crawford. Like, he could end up being one of those guys. And if they if he plays his entire career in that role, he could easily be the best six-man in the history of the league. That, in my opinion. And Atlanta, I just don't think Atlanta... And for lack of better words, uh, Atlanta wasn't ready for prime time. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I think it was because the East was a little soft. Not going to lie. But the fact that Trey Young in a high-pressure game played 41 minutes and shot 2 for 12 from the field. that Like, this is the game that Trey Young needs to step up and show that he is the player that everyone thinks that he is. And... He didn't. He sunk and just could not hit a single shot. Hold on. What is happening? There we go. Sorry about that. I don't know what that was. Um, shooting 2 for 12 is just unacceptable. That is an unacceptable game for Trey Young. You played 41 minutes and barely scored double digits. Didn't make a 3, which is what he prides himself on, and turned the ball over 6 times. Turnovers have been a huge problem for Atlanta. I think all of the playoffs. I actually think that they may have been one of the lower turnover low oh, one of the they oh my gosh, I don't, what am I saying? Turn the ball over the least in the reg, one of, one of the teams that turned the ball over the least in the regular season. Sorry, my brain just kind of decided it wanted to lag for a second. So the fact that your main ball handler is turning the ball over six times is insane. Atlanta in this game had 2, 3, 9, 13, 16, 18, 19 turnovers. Atlanta had 19 turnovers in this game. That is unacceptable. 19 turnovers, that's at least 38 points off of turnovers for Miami. Now, uh, they probably didn't get. They probably didn't score off of every turnover, but still, that that's thirty-eight points that you're leaving on the floor. And if you even make, if you don't turn the ball over, if you cut those turnovers in half, Jesus, I can't talk right now. If you cut those turnovers in half, I think Atlanta wins this game. They lost by three points. Three points. So if Trey Young shooting two for twelve makes five of those twelve shots. They win the game, and they're still here, and they're still fighting to go to the next round, but they didn't. Um, that's really what I, all I can say about that. Miami will advance to the next round. I think Miami has a chance. Miami is built to make a deep run in this in these playoffs. Um, Jimmy Butler getting hurt is kind of scary, but I don't think it's a major injury. I think they sat, sat him out this game just for precautionary reasons. And the fact that he sat out and they won, that's just an extra day of rest for him going into the next series. Um, Memphis and Minnesota. I cannot... I love this series right now. Memphis and Minnesota is probably the best series in the first round right now. I think it may be the best series in the entire playoffs. Don't quote me on that. But there's a very big chance that this is the best series we see for the whole entirety of the playoffs. Honestly. Um, I, I've said this so many times. We at Off The Ball Network have a little group chat going. And I put this in that group chat. The Minnesota Timberwolves is... Anthony Edwards team. I don't care what anybody says. It is not Carl Anthony Towns' team. Carl Anthony Towns is he will be an all-star for years to come. He will be a very good player. He may be even be sometimes a great player, but he will never be the superstar that everybody thought he was going to be. He's not. He's he, he's not built for it. He is soft. 
he is weak, and a lot of times when pressure comes, he runs from it. Now, as I say this, he had 28 points, 12 rebounds, which is a very good game. Shot 7 for 15, 5 for 7 from 3, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Now, he did turn the ball over 7 times, which is very alarming, but... Ugh. I just... This, this is Anthony Edwards' team. He had 22 points. Now, he did shoot 8 for 20, which is not good. But Anthony Edwards, he's in year 2. Carl Anthony Towns is in year, like, 3 or 4. Carl Anthony Towns should be at the level of development that Anthony Edwards is right now. Anthony Edwards is a dude. He is a dog. He is a all-out stud. Anthony Edwards does not run from anything, just like I said about Tyler Hero. But, honestly, probably double it somehow, if you could. Anthony, like, I can, I have nothing but praise for Anthony Edwards. I believe, and I've said this also in our group chat, and I've said it multiple times, and I will stand by this until, even if it doesn't happen, I will always stand by this. Anthony Edwards, and I'd say... Four years tops, tops, will be the best player in the NBA. I truly believe that. Now, I did get some pushback. Somebody said perennial all-star for sure. No, I am going all the way. Anthony Edwards will be the best player in the NBA very soon, I believe. I think it'll be in two to three years, but four years max. Four or five years. Uh, okay, four or five years max. Anthony Edwards is going to be the best player in the NBA because he is so mature for his age. He has all the confidence in the, in the world and nothing wavers that confidence. He could come out and shoot, start 0 for 10. He's going to shoot any shot like he is 10 for 10 and it does not matter. Like if you've seen interviews with him, he just carries himself. He reminds me in ways now before I get slandered for this, I'm not comparing him in any way. I'm not saying that he is the next one. I'm not saying that he is this. He just reminds me with his confidence and demeanor of Michael Jordan. Do not, do not come at me for that. I'm saying in confidence and demeanor reminds me of Michael Jordan. There are shades of MJ in that confidence and demeanor. That does not mean he is MJ. That does not mean I think he's the next Michael Jordan. No. I am simply saying that the confidence and demeanor of Anthony Edwards has shades of Michael Jordan. That's it. That is it. Okay? Alright. Now, I think that a big thing for Minnesota, for I think one thing that they need to be able to do to win this series is get D'Angelo Russell going. I think D'Angelo Russell, one, I think he's a monster when, when he's hot. There are times where he's kind of a liability. On defense, he's not the greatest, but when he gets going offensively, there is nobody that can stop him. Uh, I've been watching D'Angelo Russell since his Ohio State days. And when he was at Ohio State, there was nobody that could stop him going any direction. His left hand is ridiculous. Now, at being a lefty, yes, I'm a lefty. Being a lefty, I have mad respect for left-handed players. Because I know what it's like to play. Now, not in the NBA game, obviously, but... I know what it's like to be on a court being a lefty because there's not a lot of people who are left-handed. And so when you are, you kind you almost have an advantage because everybody, nobody's used to guarding lefties. Now, at this point, there's a lot of lefties in the league, so maybe that's completely wrong. And if it is, then oh well. But I think D'Angelo Russell, getting D'Angelo Russell going is very important for them because tonight shot 4 for 10, had 12 points. If he knocks down two, three more of those shots, he has 15, 18 points, and they win. They lost by what? Two. He makes one more. He makes one of his threes. They win the game by one. He makes two of his shots. They win by four or five. 
Like, for the Grizzlies, um, I mean, what can I say? John Moran is a beast. There was a play where John Moran absolutely baptized Malik Beasley. All the respect in the world for Malik Beasley. Went to FSU. I'm in Tallahassee. All the respect in the world for Malik Beasley. John Morant put his nuts on that boy's head, bro. Oh my goodness. Literally, watching that game, as soon as that happened, I screamed at the top of my lungs. I did. Like a little girl. I was like, oh my goodness. But much louder and way more high pitch. But, oh, like, oof. That got me going, and I wasn't even in the arena. I can only imagine what that did to his teammates. <sighs> well, okay. One person that I did not even... Well, at the beginning, before the this season, I did not know that this man even existed. Desmond Bain is the real deal. I Like I said, I had no idea that he even existed before the beginning of this season. But Desmond Bain... Since the playoffs started, since I've really been... I didn't watch a lot of Memphis during the regular season. I didn't see highlights and stuff, but I never watched any big games from Memphis. But in these playoffs, Desmond Bain has been their second best player. Everybody wants to say that Jaron Jackson Jr. is the second best player of the Memphis Grizzlies. No. And I don't... If Jaron Jackson... Let me also say, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is your number two, I think you're kind of in trouble. Because Jaron Jackson Jr. has shown a little bit of immaturity. His jump shot is not consistent. And I think he needs to get some muscle in his body. He's a big dude, 6'11". But he he plays like he thinks he's a guard. Which makes me think, I could be wrong again, I'm wrong a lot. Makes me think that he grew late. I think that he might have got hit a late growth spurt. And that's why, because when you see him play, he plays kind of small. It, he like he does. He's 6'11", and he plays like somebody who's 6'4", 6'5". And in the NBA, if you are 6'11", you need to use all of that 6'11", to your advantage. He needs to be, he needs to work on his post game, his drop steps. He needs to get a little stronger to be able to take one dribble, two dribbles, drop step, dunk. That is what he needs to be able to do. He needs to live around the rim. If Jaron Jackson Jr., can get in his game where he lives around the rim and then every once in a while does like a pick and pop action because he can like I said he's not a consistent shooter I think let me see something Jaron Jackson Jr. stats he shot 32% from three this year it's that is not terrible but it's not great by any means he shot 41% from the field. He needs to get that number up. Shooting 82% from the free throw line for a big, that's actually pretty good. Jaron Jackson Jr. is 6'11", 242. This man was averaging 5.8 rebounds a game this season. That is unacceptable in my opinion. That is 100% unacceptable. Jaron Jackson Jr. should average... At least 10 rebounds a game, in my opinion. For him, that is the potential I see for him. I see him being a 20 and 10 guy easily every game. Once he understands what he's best at. And right now, I think he, like I said, I believe that Jaron Jackson Jr. thinks, almost thinks that he's a guard. But he's not. His handles aren't the greatest. His jump shot is very inconsistent. He still shoots. He still shoots like he, like, you know how when you're in like middle school, you shoot from here? That is where Jaron Jackson Jr. shoots the ball from. Now, it is too late to change his jump shot. If you try, I I think, if you try to change his jumper now, to from here to here, I think, I think it's going to throw him in a huge funk. I really do. Now, they may still do it. I don't see it happening. But, he either needs to get on the shooting machine all summer to be able to do just work on because shooting from here especially at 611 you are you're shooting you're shooting straight lines that's all you're doing you're shooting straight lines almost there's there's not a lot of room for arc here especially with his long arms shooting like this is just not 
it's just not consistent to me. Now, if when he was in college or even high school, if his coach told him to get the ball here, I think that that would have helped him out a lot. But, like I said, it's a little late now. He could do it. I don't see it happening, though. But, like I said, Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to live around the rim. Six foot eleven. I don't. Sh- I'm not sure this is gonna show. Yeah, I don't know what his wingspan is, but if he could work on his in the paint game, grabbing boards, putbacks, being not a glue guy, almost a garbage man, pick and roll with John Morant. John Morant lobs in the ball, he dunks it. If John Morant decides to shoot, he can grab the rebound if it misses, or if he kicks, he J- Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to be around the rim. I know I've said it 1,500 times, but I'm going to keep saying it because I think that's super important if Memphis is going to play at a championship level. I really do. John Morant had 30, 13, and 9. He shot 9 for 22, which isn't great. 11 for 17 from the free throw line. You'd like to see those numbers maybe 15 from 17. But he finds ways. He does. John Morant. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be the best player in the NBA at any point in time, but John Morant is going to be a monster for a very long time. I don't see any anytime soon. I don't see a drop off for him. I think it is only up. John Morant. I can't. I can't even put it into words what I think of that man. I think one of the un, unsung heroes for this Memphis Grizzlies team is Brandon Clark. He comes off the bench because Jaron Jackson Jr. starts at the four. But Brandon Clark, even last year, he was a monster. Like, this season, in this game, he had 20 and 15. 21 and 15. He is six foot eight. Brandon Clark is six foot eight and had 15 rebounds. There is no reason that Jaron Jackson Jr. can do that at 6'11". Brandon Clark is... Quick math, three inches shorter than him, and got ten more rebounds than he did. Literally ten more rebounds. There is that is unacceptable for Jaron Jackson. It is. Now Brandon Clark had 21-15, shot nine for fourteen, didn't shoot a three. I don't think that's really his game, but I'm telling you, man, I think without Brandon Clark, that this Memphis team is not nearly as good as they are. I. Without his contributions every night on that floor, I'm telling you, Brand, I've been watching Brandon Clark since he got into the league. I'm not entirely sure how long he's been in the league. He's 25, so he's been in the league for a little bit. But I think Brandon Clark is way more important and a lot better than people give him credit for. Uh, let's see, yesterday's games. I'm going to cover... Yeah, I'm going to cover yesterday's games too. Um, Boston, Brooklyn, Toronto, Philly, Utah, and Mem- or Memphis, and Dallas. Um, we're going to start with Utah and Dallas. Oh my goodness. What a shit show. What a shit show. Oh my goodness. Utah could not do anything. They couldn't. Donovan Mitchell, 4 for 15. I don't know what's gotten into Donovan Mitchell this year, but he is not he was not the same guy that he was last year. Rudy Gobert, I personally think Rudy Gobert is dog shit. I really do. I think Rudy Gobert is so bad. Now he's great defensively, but anything else besides blocking shots, really he's not even the best at that. But just kind of being around the rim, being a big body, I think Rudy Gobert is really bad. But I'm not going to dive into that. This is not a slander Rudy Gobert show. Um, Jordan Clarkson off the bench had 20 for them. I mean, he's really good, but what a shit show. Um, For Dallas, Luka Doncic, man. I know I just said that uh, Anthony Edwards could be the best player in the NBA. There's also a chance that Luka Doncic could just become... The next best player ever. There's a really good chance that that could happen. Honestly. Luka Doncic. He's already said that the games in Europe are easier. I think that's a little. I think that's kind of a step to be taken. But. uh, I don't know. 
I just think Luka Don, he's so good. He's also not scared of the moment. He's been playing professional basketball since he was 16 years old. Like, that is insane. That series, I think that series is over with. I really do. And the Jazz need to figure it out. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Philly, Toronto. I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought Philly was going to mop the floor with Toronto. I did. Now, Toronto is a very, very good coach team. Um, Nick Nurse is a great coach. And they are big. They are very big. Rookie of the, shout out, Scotty Barnes, also FSU guy. Winning rookie of the year. What a beast. Um, he he is one of the more mature rookies that I've ever seen, honestly. He just, he's another one of those guys that's not scared of the moment. He, and he, he plays, he plays like a vet. He doesn't rush. He, the game is slow for him already, which is a very, I think that's almost an advantage for him because, I think people guarding him and game planning against him think that if they try to speed him up that he's going to he's gonna waver, and he doesn't. And I think that's really good for him. Um, Gary Chen Jr., another Duke guy. I, I got to point out, all the Duke guys that are playing in these playoffs right now are hooping. Grayson Allen had like 28 points the other night. Duke guy, hooper. Like, ugh. I'm a Duke guy, so the more you guys listen to this, the more you guys will realize how much I'm a Duke guy, especially when the next college basketball season comes around. I love him. I love him to death. Um, yeah, it's Toronto is just so evenly spread out. Like They had one, two, three, four, five guys in double figures. Um, Preston Sachua, I think, was a great pickup for them whenever they got him. From Miami. I don't remember if that was a trade or if they got him in free agency, but low key though, the fact that you're calling a grown man precious is kind of wild. I, if they call him that, then yikes. And for Philly, ugh. James Harden is. I heard Reggie Miller say this. His shoot numbers are like his tour dates. Like he shot four for 11 yesterday. That is unacceptable. MVP level James Harden does not shoot four for 11. Now, granted, MVP level James Harden probably takes 30, 32 shots in that game. But if James Harden, even on this Philly team, needs to be taken in anywhere between 15 and 20 shots a game, in, to me. Because he's still a great scorer. You put him and Joel Embiid in the pick and roll, and I believe it's almost unstoppable. Now, I don't know what's gotten into him with his shooting, but he needs to figure it out. Tyrese Maxey, after having 38 points, I think it was in game one, Seems like he's cooled off a little bit. Shot 5 for 14 last night. Had 12 points. That is just not, that's not great. Even Joel Embiid, wow, they just had, they just could not put the ball in the basket. I think, I think Toronto's length may be giving uh, Philly a lot more trouble than even they expected, honestly. Like I said, though, Toronto is a very well-coached team. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. Okay. This is the last thing I will say in this pod. And I'm going to get real close here because I want to make sure that everybody can read my lips when I say this. This experiment in Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD has been a failure. Yes, failure. Steve Nash, I don't put any of the blame on Steve Nash. I don't. And... I'm a big Kyrie guy, kind of, another Duke guy, but Kyrie Irving, I think he is just, no matter where he goes, he is a distraction. He just, I feel like he feels like he needs to be in the spotlight at all times. The fact that somehow Kevin Durant had probably the worst shooting games of his career in these playoffs, I think, I almost want to blame Kyrie for that. I'm not gonna, maybe it was just a big fluke. And the fact that Kyrie can never really play home games, maybe they just never got into a rhythm. Who knows? But I'm going to go ahead and say that this experiment in Brooklyn has been a failure. Now, I don't think that they're going to blow it up because I think Kyrie and KD love playing with each other because they're both kind of little drama queens, and I think they both kind of feed off each other in that way. But, like I said, I think Steve Nash is a fantastic coach. I'm a big Steve Nash guy. I watched Steve Nash when he was in the league. 
I loved it. Now, I also think that them trading for Ben Simmons was a mistake because Ben Simmons said, or there was reports from Sham Sharani, and I hope I didn't butcher that name. Sharania, I don't know. There was reports that Ben Simmons was going to play game four. Where was Ben Simmons? He did not even show up to the game. He didn't even show up to the game. Ben Simmons is one of the biggest pussies in the NBA right now. He, I saw a thing on Twitter. It was a picture and it said wanted for robbery, like $38, $30 million or something. And it had Ben Simmons' picture right there. Ben Simmons did not play a single game all year. And you're hurt? You're hurt. Your back is hurt. Really? Really? You didn't play a single game and your back is hurt? There's no way that he will ever see this. But if he does, Ben Simmons, I want you to know that I really think that you're a pussy. And I know that my opinion does not fucking matter in any way. But I'm going to I'm going to keep saying. Ben Simmons can't shoot for shit. Ben Simmons, he... I saw a thing that said that um, his IQ was so high, he knows exactly how Kevin and uh, Kyrie want to play. If your IQ was so high, you would have known that you needed to play in that game. That was a winner go home game. You just got swept by the Boston Celtics. I'm not taking anything away from Boston, but there is no reason why a team that good should be getting swept in the first round. You should never get swept by a team. When you have one of the best players ever, one, I think KD is one of the best players ever, and one of the best point guards in the league right now. And I think Kyrie's the best ball handler ever. Don't at me. Kyrie Irving, best ball handler ever. There's no reason you should be getting swept by any team. I don't care. Boston's a great team. Um, Let me just look at stats from that game real quick. Jason Tatum, 29. That's my dude. Another dude guy. Very young. Jason Tatum is a guy. He is one of the... My dad literally texted me this. Like, I think it was tonight. Crazy, because I was already going to say this. But Jason Tatum is one of the most, I think, underrated players in the league. Now think about that, because he gets a lot of praise already. But Jason Tatum was guarding KD all night. I don't know about all night, but he was guarding KD, and he was carrying the load on offense. He scored the most points now. They did have three guys with 20 points, but Jason Tatum is the heart and soul of that team. I think him and Jalen Brown are great together. I remember, I think it was last year, where they were thinking about blowing that up, or I don't know if they were thinking about it, but I know that there was reports that maybe they should blow it up. I'm really glad they didn't because... I think the way that team's built, and with Robert Williams coming back, even though he's not much of a scorer anyway, but his presence in the paint, I think, is only going to make them better, especially as they move along in these playoffs. Um, Marcus Smart, shout out to Marcus Smart winning Defensive Player of the Year. Him and Gary Payton, I think, are the only point guards to ever win it. Crazy. Marcus Smart, you're a beast. Marcus Smart gets a lot of shit, too, but... Uh, I like him. I do. He's a dog. He doesn't give two shits about what anybody says to him, what anybody thinks about him. That team, that Boston team, the fact that their coach, that's their coach's first year coaching them, it is crazy how good that they are. There's, I think Boston may be one of the favorites to win the NBA Finals. Um, I know Off the Ball Network has a betting show. I would uh, go check that out and see what Boston's um, odds are to win the NBA Finals. Because I guarantee you they're plus money one. I bet it's like plus 2,800 or something. I have no idea. That's a wild guess. But I would go put money on that, to be completely honest. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. We went over all those games, all those games. I'm going to run through tomorrow's games real quick. There's only two games tomorrow. It's Chicago, Milwaukee, and Denver, and Golden State. Uh... That Chicago-Milwaukee series, in my opinion, I think it's over. I really do. The Bulls just aren't ready for primetime, honestly. I don't know why. I really don't. But, um, yeah, I think that series is over. Milwaukee is just too – I think Milwaukee is too mature, too ready. They have Giannis. Nobody nobody on the Bulls can stop Giannis. You put Nikola – or Nikolai Vucevic, I think is how you say his name. 
on him, he's going to murder him all night. And there's nobody else on that team. You put Tristan Thompson on him, Tristan Thompson is too slow. Tristan Thompson's too worried about cheating on his Kardashian girlfriend to cover uh, Tristan Thompson. And that that's facts. And then Denver Golden State. Denver Golden State. I Every time I even see that that series is on, I just can't help but wonder what they would be if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. weren't hurt. Even one of them. If Jamal Murray was in, I know he tore his ACL in the playoffs last year. It's hard to come back from. I get it. But if, uh, I honestly think that this series could be 2-2, maybe even 3-1 Denver right now. Because Golden State, I mean, Golden State's a great team. They're great, well-built. They have very good chemistry. But Nikola Jokic is a monster. He is one of my favorite players. I think he's the MVP of the league this season. Um, and like I said, if one of those two guys in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are playing in this, I think that series is completely flipped, honestly. And I do believe that that is all I wanted to cover today. Um, so thanks for watching. Uh, shout out to Beth. I don't want to get this wrong. Shout out to bet us again. I'm going to read this one more time. Just don't forget to go to betus, B-E-T-U-S dot com. And on sign, they have a 125% sign up bonus when you use the promo code off the ball. That's O-F-F-T-H-E-B-A-L-L, all one word, all capital, at sign up, at betus.com. And once again, shout out to Off the Ball Network. I'm glad to be here. I am very excited to continue to work with you guys and I hope that we build this um make sure you guys go follow off the ball on Twitter um Facebook go subscribe to the off the ball YouTube big things coming off the ball it's all off the ball network on all the socials uh Apple podcast YouTube anchor Facebook Instagram on Twitter it's capital OTB underscore network and make sure you go to the website off the ball network.com as well. Uh, thanks. You got thank Oh, thank you guys for watching. And, uh, I'll talk to you guys on the next one.